Welcome to the Live from Lake Balfour podcast. I'm Maddie Wasserman, joined by Danny Silver for our first episode of summer 2023. Danny, good to be back. How you doing? Feels great to be back. Glad to be in camp. Glad to be podcasting again. Got a lot to catch up on. Uh, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So first off the bat, we will say we apologize for the late start to Live from Lake Balfour of summer 2023. Been busy around camp, but we're hoping to make this a pretty regular thing through the last month of the summer, and there's a lot to catch up on. We're going to be focusing today on 16s basketball, Jacob's Cup, the big boys. There's been a lot of tournaments, a lot of rain so far this summer, but we've still been able to get off and been a pretty good summer so far. Yeah, I mean, I think busy is an understatement um, why we haven't been on the air. Uh, we've been trying to thread the needle with any bit of non-rain time that we have. So up here in camp, for those of you that are listening from afar, we've been hustling and bustling to try and maximize whatever good weather we have had. And we've gotten a lot of stuff in, you know, but it's nice to have the Superdome. We've been running leagues at basically a full clip. Um, you know, it, we luckily didn't get rain for 16s basketball at Echo Lake earlier in the summer. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've been working. The big guys have been working. And uh, this week we got 14s basketball at home tomorrow. We're playing rain or shine. And then we got uh, Jacob's Cup, which is an annual favorite on Wednesday. So um, I'm looking forward to a big week and to get the podcast rolling. Yeah. And most importantly, it's good to be back to a full tournament schedule this year. And something Absolutely. we've noticed is that there's a lot of kids throughout camp who like haven't played in any tournaments, even older guys, you know, 13, 14 years old, they barely played in any tournaments in their Baco career. Yeah. Because of COVID, you know, obviously we didn't have camp the summer of 2020 and then 2021, we really didn't do anything. And then last year was just a, us and really one other camp that got things going. So that was something, but this is the first time, where we've been back in a full slate, which has added to the busyness because, you know, we had some open hours where, where we could do a lot of different things the last couple of summers, which I actually loved. But um, it's also good to be back to filling up our buses and bringing baseball teams to this camp and soccer teams to that camp and hosting. Um, and we're just getting into like the cruising altitude of, of, of the intercamp calendar. So um it feels good to give those opportunities to the campers. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to talk today about, you know, the older guys, 16s basketball earlier this summer, which happened early in the camp as it does every summer, went Baco's way again. It could be disputed how many straight 16s championships they won, whether you count I, the years in between. I've been told, we well, you don't need to count the years in between. You could just say how many we've won in a row, which I guess is four. If you count last year, so if you count last year, so last yeah. year was a single game between Baco and Brant Lake, which yeah. Baco won. Mm -hmm. And normally, obviously, those are the two teams that face off in the finals. So if you yeah. count that as a Baco win, you could go for four straight 16s championships between 2018. In fairness, though, we did end up splitting with them during the year. But the one that was on the date that was supposed to be the tournament, okay, we, right. we, we won. So this is our fourth one. Um, in a row, and we that was on July 5th, which was like less than two weeks ago, but seems like a lifetime ago here here in camp. And, um, you know, it's a little different now going into Jacobs, a little bit of a different challenge, a little bit of a different roster, too, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, but I like our chances. I like where where we're at, and I'm happy to talk about it. So 
Yeah, for sure. So we're going to Jacobs this year, and it's something interesting because you took a team to Jacobs in 2008, 2011, and then you didn't take one for seven years. And Baco basketball's trajectory, obviously, you know, if you're a longtime listener, you'll remember the Ginzy game and kind of how things have flipped with this program in the last half decade or so. And this team is sort of a continuation of that era of time with Baco basketball. And these 16th championships have kind of come since the Waiters of 2018 and Glatzer, and those guys sort of turn this thing around. So when you look at the overarching picture of Baco basketball and why it's been so successful in the last few years. Is there anything that jumps out to you and what's sort of been the change? Uh, I've had this conversation many times with many different alumni and, and just our own people here. I think first and foremost, the talent in camp is the last half decade. We've had some exceptional individual players um, and guys that love playing together. Um, as much as you could talk about anything else, it always comes down to, it's not about the X's and O's. They say it's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. So it's, it's really about the campers that we've had and like the real talent that we've had come through here. We've had, you know, division three caliber players, potentially division one caliber player that's in camp. Now we've had exceptional athletes. Um, you know, Evan Glatz or Max Fema, Xavier Jules, um, you know, now Hudson Samuels, you know, I know he's getting some looks It just, we just had a lot of talent. I mean, and all the guys in between, I mean, Grant Siegel right now, I mean, the kids, the kids a beast. I mean, you know, and we've had a lot of those caliber players and a lot of good chemistry, but outside of the players, I will say, I was talking to an alumni on visiting day this weekend. I think the biggest change is just the style that we've been playing. When I grew up in camp, when I was a counselor in camp, I think there was a lot of undue pressure put on these tournaments when in the end they're really programs to for the campers to have fun and when you take things too seriously i think you you kind of undercut yourself and i remember growing up it was just like we put so much pressure on ourselves and then you get to the day of the tournament you have heavy legs and you you're carrying a lot of unnecessary mental weight um and now i think we've gotten away from kind of that thought process and the way we play, it's like less set plays. It's more freedom and the guys just go out there. And I think they play confidently because of the setup. And I think that just lets the talent take over. And I think that's why it's all kind of clicked. It's a mix of talent and approach. Um, just to paraphrase it, I guess. Right. And there's also kind of this aura of Baco basketball being the underdog that's no longer really there in the same way. Right. There's a kind of cultural shift. I don't, don't even, think so. I mean, not to take the whole thing too seriously, but I don't buy into any of underdog or over. I, I just think we show up and we play. And I think sometimes we're the better team and we win because we're the better team. And sometimes we're not. I, I think whatever quote unquote media there is around camp or I think this is, this know, is the media. Yeah. Or just like uh, aggregators or people that, you know, alumni that try to get, you know, text change started about stuff. I just think it's like you can't get caught up in it. You, we, we have a team, we go, we play. And the last half decade, a lot of times we've had the best player out there and that helps, you know, last year we did with Zay and Glatcher's and FEMA's year. It was, it was the same thing. And then the other guys kind of fit around and you don't overcomplicate it. You let the chef cook a little bit and um, we approach the game with confidence because we're comfortable out there. And I think honestly, like that's the biggest difference. We're not just playing with like a mental piano strapped on our back, which I feel like happened throughout my childhood in camp and when I was counselor and even, you know, as recently as, you know, the last generation that went through here. So um, I think that's the biggest change, the talent, the approach, and just not getting caught up in all the other 
conversation. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this year's yeah. team because we sort of talked about how Glatzer, you had him come through, and he was obviously such a difference maker. And then you've had Zay, who was a waiter this yeah. year, but he's 17. Yeah, so yeah. last year was his last year of competition yeah. and kind of that queen on the chessboard type guy that the yeah. other team really has to work to adjust against. And the best chance probably Baco has at this year is Hudson Samuels, who wasn't in camp last summer. He comes back. He's 6'5", 6'6". So he's really, really big. And there's not a lot of other teams that you're going to see in the 16-team pool at Jacobs Cup or other local teams that have size that can kind of match them. So sort of what are the key players on this team and how do they sort of fit around? Right. So breaking down this team, I think you, you know, it's one of those teams where I don't know who the best player is, which I think that's a good thing. Um, where last year I know Zay was kind of the engine that made it all work. And it was like, how are they going to play Zay? And then how are we going to work around that? Um, this, you know, it's different guys. I think at the 16th tournament earlier in the year, I thought Grant Siegel and Lev were kind of the engine that made it all go. But then Hudson being as big and as talented and as versatile as he is eventually was just too much for the team that we played in the finals. And um, so you got those guys, but then you have Jared Glatzer who, you know, probably the best shooter on the team. He does a little bit of everything. You know, there's going to be a game maybe in Jacob's cup where he strokes five threes. There might be a game where he doesn't score more than two points, you know, but he plays every, every minute. And then, um, you know, Chase Rosenblum is another key guy in the rotation who, you know, played a, t you know, he'll, he'll start for us on Wednesday. He's a combo guard that can shoot and he's got great length and he defended his position. Great. Uh, in 16s. I expect the same thing on Wednesday. And then obviously we're getting Noodle back, who was a team leader last year on the team. Probably, maybe, arguably the most indispensable guy on the team. We didn't even have him in 16s right. earlier in the year. Now he's back. Um, and then Zaire Williams, another waiter that, you know, is going to be a great energy guy off the bench. Uh, Jack Levine, I expect to see some minutes on Wednesday. And then, um, you know, Josh Potters, who's – uh, you know, classic role role guy. He'll face guard the other team's best player for a minute stretch, two minute stretch. He'll he'll move the ball, and then Mason Crane. You know, he's another guard off the bench that's been in, you know, that's been on the roster all summer. And then uh, I'll fill out the roster with some other guys. Am, am, am I missing anybody? No, I think those are the key cogs in this team. I mean, this yeah. is an older team yeah. for the most part. You have a lot of waiters on this team. Yeah, guys who've kind of waited their time to have the spotlight with Zay. Well, if you so look long. at last year, so last year's Jacob Cup run, we played four like crazy games. It seemed like a lifetime. And Josh Nade, uh, Jordan Nadell, Grant Siegel, and um, Jordan Nadell and Grant Siegel got huge minutes on that team. So, like, they were starters last year. So, they've had the spotlight and they had big summers on the courts last year. But Chase got some minutes on that team, much bigger role this year. Hudson back in camp, obviously, he's. You know, upside wise, he's probably, you know, the, our biggest chance to have the queen on, on the chessboard. And then, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to have Lev on Wednesday. Uh, it's a big loss, but, you know, we're getting Noodle back and we're losing Lev. So the dynamic of the team is going to change a little bit. Lev's got soccer. Uh, you know, he's a national caliber soccer player. So he's leaving camp for a little bit, just so happens to be during Jacobs for the second year in a row. I know he's not happy about it. <laughs> We'd be a better team with him. But I think we still have the pieces to compete with some of these camps that we're going to face. 
Yeah, and part of Jacobs, the weird part of it that we've talked about the last couple of years, we've done podcasts about Jacobs, is that you don't know the draw until you get there and you draw out of a hat. So you don't really know who's going to stack up against you, but you know you're going to see different types of teams than you see at 16s. So how do you try to prepare a team to face a completely unknown draw? I think one thing you need is you need uh, more than one bullet, kind of. Um, I know... I think in the finals of 16s, I, I think we basically exclusively played just man-to-man the whole game. I think I tried to switch up on out-of-bounds plays to play some zone, and the guys weren't really buying into it. We were, we were a little disjointed. We I don't think we brought our best effort uh, to 16s, but in a tournament like Jacobs, not only do you have to bring your best effort, you got to have different types of ways to win. Like, for example, last year, Zay was incredible the first half of the day. Once everybody in the tournament knew who he was, we had to kind of adjust to the way they were defending him. And then Grant in the quarterfinal game ended up having like 25 points. So I think you need different weapons. You need to be able to score different ways. And I think you need to be able to defend different ways. I feel like in some of the more local tournaments, you can, you know, most of the games aren't competitive until maybe the semis or the finals. You can get away with really one pitch, maybe two. I think on Wednesday, we're going to need more than that. And I spoke to the team about that, and I think they know. So they got to buy into some of this other, the minimal X's and O's that we will discuss. I think they got to buy in or else we're going to, you know, not do as well as we can. Yeah, you've been coaching this tournament now for so many years in a row that you've taken the team. Do you feel like Baco's kind of rep at this tournament has grown? Because I remember back in 2019 when Baco lost in that crushing buzzer beater, but it was against a team that went to the finals in that year's tournament. And I remember all the guys saying after that tournament that they felt like the crowd like got behind Baker. They're like, who are these guys? And then they were competing. Do you feel like at this point you built up enough of a rep I, that when you take a team, they're going to be good there? So when you look at recent history, 2018, <clears throat> excuse me, we played Wani tough and Wani won it. I think we played them closer than anybody. I don't think when we came back in 2019, anyone cared or remembered that. Um, but then we had the great game against Kutcher Sports Academy. We lost at the buzzer. Everybody happened to be watching because it had rained and we were in the Timberdome and everybody, you know. And I think then the COVID gap came. And I still felt like we were kind of like. Who is this game? In, yeah. in, in unknown entering last year. But because two of our four games were in the Timberdome against the host camp last year, and they were both classics, and we kind of ended their day, I think people know who we are now because it's now been a few appearances in a row where we've turned some heads. And I know some of our players know some players at the other camps, and I know that there's some buzz. So I, I think I think our days of sneaking in the back door are probably over. So then when you get that draw, is there an immediate resizing up of the other teams? Do you value them during layup? Similar to what I was saying before, I I really, we really don't want to get caught up in that. I actually think we are ahead of the game on that because I think some of these other camps, and I remember saying this last year, some of these other camps, I think, put that pressure I was talking about earlier on themselves because it's like their big moment. And for us, it's like almost all house money. Like last year, I felt, being against Timberlake helped us because they had the crowd and the pressure was on them. And we just kind of were like, Hey, no one knows who we are. Let's just let it rip. And I feel like when we get the draw and we see that, I, I I still think that we have like that chip on our shoulder with like that confidence. Um, But like you said about in layup lines, you try to gauge what they have. Um, You know, the matchups you predict who's going to guard who it's really hard to get it right the first time. Um, but you know what? That's part of it. They have the same problem also, you know? So 
yeah, so I think Baco certainly has a good chance again this year. So, uh, Danny, thank you for your first podcast appearance of the summer and hopefully not the last one. Anytime, Matty. I hope I look at you on Thursday morning and with that look I gave you last year saying, hey, we got to get on, on the air. We got a podcast. It's one of my favorite days of the year. The waiters are really looking forward to it. Um, it's a special experience. It's an all-day event. And um, it's one of those days on the calendar that, like, once we get to camp, every, everyone's asking, when is it, you know, we got a lot of people that want to go, but we're going to go in there with a nice tight knit Baco crew, show some Baco pride, do the best we can. And hopefully we could come back, you know, with something special. So thanks for having me, Matty. Yep. Thank you. So now let's send it over to the interview with the players. We are now joined on the Live from Lake Balfour podcast by two members of the 16th basketball team that will be headed to Jacob's Cup on Wednesday. Grant Siegel, Jared Glatzer. Guys, thank you for making your first podcast appearance of the summer. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Maddie. It's great. So you guys are heading to Jacobs, and this is a tournament you guys went to a year ago, and you both played big roles in last year's game. And obviously, Jacobs Cup has an aura about it that's even bigger than 16s or anything else at Baco, because this isn't just Brant Lake and Echo and the teams that we played growing up our whole lives at camp. These are all sorts of camps we've never heard of, and it's a, the big atmosphere at Timber Lake, and there's sort of just an element of it that feels bigger. So what do you think, having played in this last year, gives you an added level of comfort coming into this year's tournament i just think that like you know our team is so much chemistry and we're so close and like you know obviously like i'd say three-fourths of our team have already been there and been through the situation that it like we're, we're ready for anything yeah and we do know a lot of the players that were on the other teams and we do know that they were older than us so they're not gonna be playing this year so i think we have like a good we have confidence that we can do well i mean not even just like obviously this camps are gonna have more talent but i think that those traits just speed like yeah, and then we kind of touched on this a bit earlier, but you go to the Timberdome and there's all this sort of hype around it. What is it like playing in that atmosphere, especially last year you guys were in the pool with Timberlake and you play them twice, including in the playoffs? Kind of just describe, like, what is it like? Because we know, obviously, like, I think all our listeners, too, like, we can all picture what it looks like to play at Baco in front of everyone on the hill or even in the Superdome. We can picture what it looks like to play at Grant Lake and the toilet paper game and all that stuff. We can picture what it looks like 16s playing that at Echo. But I think for a lot of us who've never been to Timberlake for this tournament, just, like, what is the difference of playing somewhere like this versus anything we're used to seeing in camp basketball? Well, there's just so many kids at Timberlake. It's it's a huge stadium, right? It's it's pretty big. Honestly, it's I sound weird. I love it. Like I think that like beating like like when we beat Timberlake last year, like when our whole camp's watching, that was such an incredible moment. Yeah, and especially losing off that buzzer beater in the first game, we had so much coming back. We had we needed to win that game, and it kind of just like adds like fuel to the fire, just hearing them in the backgrounds and like. Winning obviously against us. Yeah, it's such a great feeling when you're winning and they're like chanting and you're like, yeah, yeah, we're winning. We're winning this game. Grant, specifically with you last year, Zay, you had to play alongside you. This year, Hudson comes into the fold. It's obviously a big difference in that Zay wanted to push it in transition and he was the fastest player on the court. Now you have Hudson, a guy who's the biggest player on the court. But in either case, you're going to be asked to take a lot of shots, a lot of the scoring load. So how does your role shift from one year to the next to having that guard next to you versus having Hudson inside? Um, I mean, I think it's a big change, but like I'm ex- obviously excited to work with Hudson. Like I, he wasn't there last year, and I, we've never really had like a six six forward who can do shoot and finish inside and play defense. And um, I mean, I'm ready for whatever uh, leadership role I need to take and just to win. 
Yeah, and Jared, for you, this is something that Danny and I were talking about before, but obviously one thing with Jacobs that's completely different than a normal tournament like 16s that we play with these teams we've been playing for years, and you sort of know more or less who's on the other side. And Jacobs, not only do you not know who you're even going to play until you get to the draw, but the players change so much from year to year, and you're not playing the same camps one year after the other. So you really have no idea what's awaiting you on the other side until kind of you get a glimpse of them and layup lines. So how does that change the preparation over these last couple of weeks with you guys playing with each other? other having no idea what you're even preparing for on the other side yeah it's definitely scary to think about uh you always gotta be prepared the draw I remember last year was so scary I remember Harold walking up there and just like staring down all the other teams and that was something that was pretty crazy uh I just think like prepare for the absolute worst like you know we, we want all the smoke where does that confidence come from? Because Danny and I were talking earlier about the Baco basketball program, how you've won so many years in a row, 16s, and as we get older in camp, it seems like Baco continues to turn it on more and more in these senior t- basketball tournaments. What do you think that confidence comes from? Is there something about having done this in past years and knowing that you guys went to Jacobs as a group over the last few years, whether it was in 2018, 19 or last year's group that came so close. Does that give you an added layer of confidence that whatever we're doing here at Baco and, you know, kind of the Baco brand echo that cycle, like winning that is good enough to get you against these other teams. Well, I think since we've been with each other for the past, whatever, nine, 10 years, I think that definitely adds a lot of chemistry and confidence but also I think that since we went to the semifinals last year and that was definitely a tough tournament and we're not losing that many players besides Zay, of course, and Tucker and all of them. But I think we have a lot of confidence coming into this that we're going to be able to do well. And just like the motivation, like, I guess, like, set an, not like an example, but just to like get the camp all wild up and stuff. Like it's great. Yeah, it's really, if we come back, that would be one of the craziest things ever to come to Baco, right? I mean, it's never happened. I don't think we've ever won Jacobs before. So it's definitely something we want to do. No, it hasn't. So let's talk about 16s for a minute, because that was a couple weeks ago at this point. But you mentioned bringing it back to camp, and there's a big difference between 16s, which is something that now, I mean, when Bago won 16s in 2018, it was a huge deal. Like, I remember them running back into the dining room. It was like the biggest thing that happened in years, it felt like, in terms of sports at camp. And now you guys won it. It's a big moment, but it kind of feels like, okay, we did what, we took care of business, and now you have the next thing awaiting you So. What did 16 sort of feel like for you guys coming in there and a game that you guys thought you had were going to win coming into it and then getting that job done? Yeah, I feel like we definitely had a chip on our shoulder, right? I mean, we've we've never lost a tournament of our age. So Wow, that's Yeah, a basketball tournament. So we definitely had something coming in and we knew we had to win. So I feel like that just had give us a lot of motivation. It's our last year playing together, you know, got to go on strong. Never lost, so you had what? 11s and 12s pre-COVID? 11s, 12s. Uh, yeah, we missed our 13s and 14s. Right. So and we had then, 11s, 12s, and right. 16s. What do you guys think has evolved the most with you guys playing together for so many years? And this team, I mean, you add Hudson back to the mix, but for the most part, this team is you guys being the anchors of this team. Aside from Hudson, I mean, the rest of the contributors on this team are all guys in your bunk. These are all waiters. So what do you think has evolved the most in the last couple of years, sort of post-COVID, with how you guys have sort of grown up together playing basketball? I would say just like trust. Like I know that if one of my teammates makes a mistake, I know that he's you know he's gonna fix it. He's not gonna like pout or whatever. Yeah, I I think that um, obviously our size and stuff and physicality has grown over the years, but definitely our chemistry and obviously our skills, whatever. But yeah, it's most of the chemistry throughout the years. 
you guys have kept practicing kind of scattered throughout the summer, right? Because you had 16s, you get here right away. 16s is always early on in the summer, but you guys have sort of been just kind of playing continuously leading up to Jacobs as a team, right? I mean, yeah, like, not, I mean, we don't even have to practice and we'll still be on the courts, you know? Yeah, we love, yeah, we will always go down to the courts and just play whatever with it. whoever, honestly. It doesn't even have to be on the team. You got kids in the bunk who love to play basketball who aren't as good to be on the Jacobs team, you know what I mean? And then two of those bunk mates that are going to look a little bit different than they did during 16s is Noodle in the middle and Lev for different reasons. Noodle comes back. He was injured during 16s. You didn't have him, and you guys were able to withstand that and win anyways. And then Lev, who's such a good athlete in the backcourt, he's not going to be here over this week. So what do you think the biggest change is, Jared, of those two guys being flipped in the lineup? So, well, Noodle, obviously another big with Hudson. We, uh, we haven't really had any time to work with that with Hudson Noodle both down there so we've been trying that recently with practices and all that trying to up the chemistry a little bit because noodle obviously didn't play during 16s and lev he's an animal i mean he's so good on defense he's so athletic it's going to be tough without him but we're definitely a lot of confidence that we're going to do well i think that like with lev not being there it gives the opportunity for like people like chase or zaire who can get their time to shine and shake it out and i think with bringing in noodle like it uh, brings in a lot of leadership like i guess the anchor Good IQ for the court. Yeah. How do you think Noodle and Hudson are going to be able to work together on the court at the same time? I think we can figure it out. I mean, we haven't really gone anywhere yet, but it'll it'll definitely be good, of course. Noodle and yeah, Hudson are both great players. Yeah, and we were talking about last year's tournament, and that brings me to another point, which is last year when you played Timberlake twice and you keep playing all these games in this tournament, right? There's pool play. This is a 16 team tournament. There's four pools of four. You have to play all the teams in the group stage. And then if you advance, you got to play two more games in the semis and the finals. It's a lot of basketball. It's five games over the course of one day. And these are all intense games as we've been talking about, like there's, you know, passion line in every single one of these games. Cramps were an issue last year. I remember, you know, Zay cramping up a lot of people on the team having cramps because you're playing especially if it's a hot day out you're playing so many games in a row so having gone through that experience last year is there anything that you think you can learn from that for how to manage playing so many games in such a short time frame again this year i think just definitely like preparing for it in days ahead you know we've been trying to get good sleep and lots of water in us yeah we're definitely trying to conserve a little bit but uh don't want to give away any of our tactics or anything but you know zone defense conserving energy obviously give it your all every game but you got to you got to keep your energy for all the other games. So that's going to be big. Yeah. Is it just like in that atmosphere, especially if it's hot, how do you can, I mean, you're like, you guys are both probably going to be playing the bulk of these games, especially without Lev, you have less depth in the backcourt. Like the same people are probably going to be needing to play a lot of it. So how does that sort of just factor in like in game? Is that anything you're ever thinking about? Uh, Never really. I'm never really thinking about it during the game, like the exhaustion part, but it's definitely an issue after. I mean, I remember last year, after I think the second game or the Timberlake game, my back was just out and I couldn't play during the Pontiac game. I think we had what four, four players out during Pontiac game. I mean, we had Gino playing crucial minutes. That was, yeah, that was definitely tough. Yeah, that's certainly something to manage. Baco's had a lot of success at this tournament in recent years, and hopefully that continues. And if you guys bring home a win or have some success, hopefully we'll get you on for a uh, post-game pod too. And, of course, leagues and everything rolling around for the rest of the summer. So good luck on Wednesday, and thank you guys for your first appearance of the summer. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much, Matt. We're really excited for the tournament. 
All right. And thank you guys for listening to the Live from Lake Balfour podcast. We again apologize for not being there at the beginning of the summer, but hopefully we're going to get these rolling every couple days over the last month of camp. So thank you guys as always for listening. I am Maddie Wasserman signing off and we will see you next time on the Live from Lake Balfour podcast.